Welcome to Pop Culture Elevator, where we can only go up until it's time to go down. I'm Danny. And I'm Mark. We're going to take you down the pop culture rabbit hole. Definitely an adventure. We will look at newer films as well as some older. We will take big blockbusters to the chopping block. And make you aware of the smaller indies and my favorite B, C, and D films. Not just that, but we'll talk about the news, the what's going ons, and whatever in pop culture today. Now, now let's, let's get, get this, this show on the road. And if you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Gmail at popcultureelevator.com. That's right. And you can also find us at our Instagram, Pop Culture Elevator, as well as our Twitter, PCE Podcast. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. Before we get into the review, we'd like to tell you there will be spoilers. You've been warned. Right. So if you want to go watch the movie and come back to us, that would be great. All right. Welcome to our fourth episode. Golly, four episodes. You know, it's kind of weird to think that we're there. Right? I, I know. I would thought we'd have gotten like, you know, one like a count of one listener or like maybe a couple because, you know, you know, we're both married. We both have a, a couple, you know, loving parents and a couple of loving friends or two. So like maybe like a handful. And, but, you know, we've had quite a good response. And now we're here at episode four. And, you know, I'm just so thankful to everyone who's listened. Uh, shout out to the Mesquite area. Shout out to uh, the South Lake area. Where else was it, was it, Danny, that you said we had some listeners? Uh, Louisville and Grapevine. Yes. So close to home, but we we love you and tell your friends. Really appreciate it. And just so glad to be back for another episode. I know there's a listener out there in Portland. Love you, buddy. Love you. Miss you. Been All a long right. time. So here we are. Um, on episode four, and we're going to talk about Jojo Rabbit, which it, it's a pretty funny film, it is. but also pretty heavy. Yeah. And I think it's the heaviest film we've reviewed so far. And, you know, you could say Invisible Man was heavy, yeah. but it was more just thriller. This is like weighs on your soul a little bit heavy. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it's it's like a it's a two sided thing because, you know, they it's it's a heavy time in our history. You know, Nazism is widespread and, in fact, popularized uh, in uh, the height of Germany, of uh, the Third Reich, if I'm correct. And, um, you know, there's a we all know what happened there. And it's just uh, but the, the cool thing about this movie is how they kind of insert you into this perspective of as if we were all like growing up there. It's like. It's like, hey, you know, like you're supposed to think of Hitler as this, um, well, uh, a role model. And that's why this person, uh, this main uh, character is having him as an imaginary friend because he right, loves Hitler so much. It's blind nationalism for sure. Yes. Kind of going in there and loving your country, but not really knowing why you love your country. You're a little kid. But um, this is, I would, I don't know if this is Tyga's heaviest film. Uh, it probably is. It's from what I've seen, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. That was pretty heavy as well, but it, it relied heavily on the kind of funny relationship between um the boy, the little kid, and Sam Neill's older father figure kind of character. Um, Taiga Watiti loves these kind of... He loves to play around in these worlds and really immerse you in them. He throws you into a moment of time, and then you're there. No kind of setup. It's just all right. of a sudden 
you're jumping in and you're there kind of Poof. uh that yeah exactly kind of being on the uh fighting world of uh, thor ragnarok yeah i was just gonna say like you know in thor ragnarok you kind of you get there and he's done such a good job of creating this world that it, it almost seems like oh well that's really cool uh teleportation's here and uh i'm in this realm and I get to experience it. Right, it's believable. That. Yes. It's believable in the context of the film. Yes. Which is, uh, Taiga does a really good job of that. Uh, I would even, I, if we're mentioning Taiga, I have to mention what we do in the shadows. Yeah, there's and no... And you're just <laughs> thrown in. Yes. Like, it's like, all of a sudden, you're in a documentary, and you're to believe that vampires are real, and they're hiding among us. <laughs> uh, and he does so well in the movie. The movie's just genius, but the show just takes it farther, and... Uh, I could we could do a, a whole week of podcasts just on episodes of what we do in the shadows, and maybe <laughs> since Mark and I love this show so much, it may happen. Uh, it may happen one day. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe a spinoff of TV series stuff. That would be cool. But we, I think we have a couple that, ideas to do that, right? Just to at least we, have a few episodes of TV uh, series. There are a few. We've got a few ideas uh, boiling in the pot. Uh, so. Mark kind of mentioned a little bit the movie Jojo Rabbit is about a boy who uh, has some blind nationalism for for Germany in that uh, during World War II he has a imaginary friend Hitler who's played by Taiga and uh, he just has adventures uh, kind of these little adventures with uh, his imaginary friend and also his uh, other little friend who who's also really fun in the movie um, but Basically, it's it's kind of the how do you deal with blind nationalism? How do you deal with the way that you felt when you were young for something? And then learning as you kind of grow up a little bit, you're learning that maybe that blind faith you had uh, was not the right way to go. Right. And this uh, character, uh, Jojo, uh, uh, played by Roman Griffin Davis, a uh, great performance, by the way, he gets... A slap in the face, rude awakening of why this blind fanaticism, uh, can, how it can backfire, and it was just so sad to see well, the it consequences. Just, it's believing in your heroes. You have your heroes that you've grown up with, and then seeing those heroes do wrong. Right? It's like all the kids who, um, who grew up loving O.J. Simpson playing football and then doing movies and TV shows and then finding out that O.J.'s not this good guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and that's such a silly, uh, you know, such a silly thing to think of. But it's kind of like that. You you, yeah. you think that you're doing something good. You know, he has this, this thought process in his head. Like, Jewish people back then, they could read minds <laughs> and they could... They could use magic on you and turn your mind into mush and they can they could suck blood and they, you know, did all these things. And it's just insane that he but being a 10 year old, you're going to believe that stuff. Right, right. Because you're, you're you're you have nothing. You have no concept. You think monsters are still real. And they use that. They use that to brainwash a whole generation of younglings into to going to, to war in, in this case, you know, or at least start training for it. And right. uh, so, like, oh my gosh, just think of that level of brainwashing where it's just, it's not brainwashing, it's just your upbringing. And you could, again, textbooks are filled with just this subject, right? Yeah. You know, just, there are books upon books upon books written about World War II and the stuff that, that uh, Hitler was able to convince people of. Uh, and so, 
you can see how it goes and you have you've heard of the Hitler youth before and so these are the Hitler youth these uh, the movie starts off with him going to um, a youth camp for for young Nazis who yes. want to be part of the war and it's it's him trying to fit in there and it's right. so you meet uh, Sam Rockwell's Captain K character yes uh, he comes in and he's sarcastic and you can tell that he's kind of like oh whatever let's do this let's do that he's telling all these 10 year old kids that they're gonna throw grenades yeah. they're gonna learn to use their knives they're gonna learn to use guns they're gonna blow stuff up they're gonna do all this stuff and they're all excited about it <laughs> and then they turn to the and, girls and right. they give out they this, tell- like, misogynistic <laughs> list of chores, like, oh, girls, you're going to learn about how to sew, uh, cook food, and uh, how to get pregnant. And it's just like, oh, my God. Right. When Rebel Wilson's character, uh, Fraulein Rom, when she tells the whole group of girls that she has had 18 children for Germany... <laughs> Yes. I died. Yeah. That was hysterical. <laughs> Rebel Wilson killed it in that part as a very small role, but she killed every line yes. that she did. Fraulein I mean, she just. Fraulein Rom, right? Fraulein Rom. Yeah. yeah. She was she was great. She was great. She did a really good sarcastic female part to Sam Rockwell's Captain K's sarcasm. They both, you know, were kind of back and forth, and it was really nice to see that. But we meet Sam Rockwell, and he's kind of lackadaisical about things. and. Yeah. You believe in his character, though. Right. Um, there's something more there. He's been demoted several times, yes. and he he doesn't seem to care. He kind of is sarcastic about it. Maybe he cares a little bit, but he also is like, "Well, whatever, f it. I'm uh, I'm where I am, so I'm just gonna make the best of it." Yeah. Well, I you know honestly, throughout the film, I I kind of suspected he might be a sympathizer, and so. Um... That's where I'm kind of like, well, if he got demoted, that means he doesn't have to kill anybody anymore uh, for a cause that he doesn't necessarily believe in. And on top of that, um, you know, he's he's out of danger. And so he's probably right. just like on easy street now, even though he may be disgraced in his culture. But he's like, I'm safer for it. And, um, you know, now all I got to do is is kind of raise the next generation kind of. Right. And then we. On top of meeting Sam Rockwell, we meet um, Alfie Allen's character, Finkel. And Alfie Allen, of course, you'll recognize him from John Wick 1. He was the bad guy in yes. uh, Game of Thrones. Um, he was uh, Reek. They called him Reek yeah. for a little while. Uh, but he, he doesn't really play much of a character. You can tell he's kind of the... Um, I don't know what to call him. He's just kind of a sidekick to Captain K, to Sam Rockwell. Right, he's like, uh, I don't know, like a, well, it's uh, not a lieutenant, right? Um, but anyways, he's he's like a, a supporting he's like a character. Go- he's, he gets stuff for, for Captain K. There you go. Yeah. But also, maybe, possibly, uh, Captain K and Finkel had a relationship that they weren't telling us about. <laughs> Like, did I'm, you, I'm sure there will be some fan fiction about that. No, I didn't. I did not <laughs> see that. But maybe, you know, uh, maybe something that should include me in was his design, his own design of the uniform. Oh, that uniform. Yes. That maybe that should, should have uh, clued me in a little bit. And now that I'm thinking about it, there was a, an exchange where it's kind of like loving. And it was like, oh, and that, now that you mentioned it, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, like maybe there was something there that there's some subtext there. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and, and we brought up Sam Rockwell and we didn't go into Sam Rockwell's 
performances before because if you've heard that name, you know he's he's part of the original Geek Nation. Oh, because exactly. Marky- so you you have him as the the recruiter, uh, the youth recruiter for the foot in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, you're gonna be like shaking your head, like wait what? But then you're gonna uh, realize he has this little peach fuzz mustache he's always smoking a cigarette and if you remember uh like with the battle with arukasaki uh, aka shredder and whatnot um he's the one after they defeat him they're like what are we waiting for let's get him like that that's him um and uh right and then among other things i mean moon i i have to mention moon it's one of my favorite movies uh-huh um He's in three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. I love him in Matchstick Men. Oh my gosh! I oh I forget about Matchstick Men. That one, that one's a great film. That's Nick Cage in him, right? Yes, yes. And then uh, in uh, Charlie's Angels, he actually I really liked his villain. I hate to say that movie's a guilty pleasure for me. I mean, obviously, three beautiful women running around, but um, Sam Rockwell is a villain. I really like him. He's always dancing around uh, like he's James Brown, and I, I just love that. Um, it's just a style that's not really, uh, out there anymore. I, and I think it kind of may date me a little bit, but I love that, that level of cool. Right. I'm also going to mention, uh, he played Zaphod Beeblebrox in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh yeah. And he, he was just, and um oh and he was the red shirt he was guy in um i was just gonna say that yeah did you ever watch the show like (laughs) i love him i'm the i'm the plucky relief i mean and he's and then one i'll mention one more okay uh he played the main character in choke yes yes and he he did such a good job i there are so many movies Mark, I'm sorry. One more. Yeah, he was Justin Iron Hammer in Iron Man Two. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, are we going to we're going to stop there? Okay, <laughs> one gonna, more. Probably. We're not going to talk about Iron Man Two. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I love him. I really do love Sam Rockwell. I think every time that he's on screen, I feel uh, I feel happy about it. I'm I'm giddy because he's just such a fun character actor. Yes, he he really has kind of a Swiss Army knife of kind of like who he can portray. And uh, with like a with like a smooth uh, in style, and no matter what, he's kind of like a smooth villain. Um, he's cool. Yeah, he's, he's just, just cool. cool. Yeah, he's got a I want to say a grace, but something like that <laughs> to him. Right. Um, and playing off that, so going moving on back to Judge or Rabbit, Scarlett Johansson playing uh, JoJo's mom Rosie. Yes, also in Iron and- Man Two, amongst other Marvel <laughs> <laughs> Universe movies. Right, I mean, Tyga's playing with all of that, yeah. all of the the Marvel, it's his toys, and he's going to say, I want you, 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 and you come <laughs> to me and play this. Yep. Uh, but she is, a she is from the very start, uh, a sympathizer. Yes. For, uh, you know, she wants the war to stop. She wants these killings to stop. Uh, and she is, as Jojo comes to find out, hiding a Jewish girl in their walls. Right. And um, I think it's this relationship, like not only the relationship between Jojo and the girl on the wall, but um, the mother and Jojo. She um, is playing a strong single mother role, and apparently their father went to go battle in France but never came back. But they never really say he died either, so they're thinking that he may have abandoned them. 
Well, no. Uh, if you remember towards the end, we find out that the father is actually also a sympathizer, and he was helping, um, I believe, the Americans. Oh, okay. Cool. Awesome. I need so, to go back and watch that part then. We do find out, I believe, that it's kind of a, a line, a throwaway line that you hear later in the movie towards the end. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, I mean, but the whole time you're you're led to believe that he he is a... Uh, a war dodger like he left like a coward uh-huh. so he was supposed to be in the nazis and he and he disappeared on them right and so that's what we're kind of told like by the bullying kids the kids that bully jojo yeah that he's a traitor uh, and you know so she's picking up the slack and i i really love the exchange where uh the uh jojo is saying that he wants his dad basically and uh, she is like, okay, you want your dad? And gives herself this, you know, improv beard uh, with uh, ash and soot from the fireplace. And just is, has this great exchange that kind of helps Jojo kind of anchor himself and um, kind of snap back into being positive and stop being such a little a douche. You know, I would say a different yeah, word. Yeah, you but. know that he was being a brat yeah that scene is uh <clears throat> that scene is brilliantly done scarlett johansson just acts that part oh yeah like she puts on that soot beard you don't know what she's gonna do at first and then all of a sudden she goes into being the dad and she's telling jojo to treat the mom right and all this stuff and how they need to dance more and, and it's just this beautiful scene uh that breaks up the comedy kind of you know like there's a lot of laughing and then all of a sudden you get this scene and it's just this beautiful taiga proving that he's more than just comedy <laughs> right there you know excuse me oh my god <coughs> Excuse me, we're gonna have to cut that. Don't die on us. I know, right? Just like wind down the wrong pipe. Excuse me. Um, Sorry, it's not COVID. It's allergies and dust is at a nine today. So, uh, not only do I hope that it does not screw up this podcast, but I hope it does not um, screw up band practice tomorrow. Uh, Creatures and Chemicals, by the way, if you're interested, give us a listen on Spotify as well. So, um,. Yeah, so right, he is not just comedy. He's not he's not just one thing. Taika Watiti is what you were saying. Excuse me. Right. So, you know, that whole that whole part is just a beautiful scene. I, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, cause Scarlett Johansson really also and not that she ever needed to prove that she's a good actress, but it, it proves she's a good actress. Right. I mean, <laughs> I mean she's come a long way from Home Alone Three. <laughs> Which I never even watched, with, but I saw that I saw that on a list of her repertoire. With I was Chris just like, Evans, what? Chris Evans was also in Home Alone three. Now, oh God, I was boycotting that just because I'm kind of <laughs> against um, what I like to call milking the teat. I'll clean it up a little bit, um, but like basically when a franchise goes way too long, and um, it's just like, oh come on, like you just knew you had a good name here, and you're filling seats with just just malarkey. You know, I'm, you mean, are you telling me, Mark, that you you don't believe that there was a never-ending story three? Okay, that's with the villain, with the villain played by Jack Black. Okay, so for one, <laughs> I did not even know that, and I feel kind of terrible for not knowing that. But also, it's never-ending story. 
That's like it's a bad movie. Get, it's a bad movie. Don't go watch it. I'm telling you now. Just because Jack Black is in it does not mean you need to see it. But yeah. Okay, I'll try um, not to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, she goes on to do uh, you know, like perfect score, uh, you know, the island. Oh my gosh, I loved the island. Um, she also did, you know, SpongeBob SquarePants the movie. Uh, she was the voice of Mindy. Uh, the Prestige, Black Dahlia. I mean, I could keep going on until she gets into the MCU. But obviously, you know, we all love her. She's a heavy hitter, I think, as an actress. Um, and extremely easy on the eyes, obviously. So, um, obviously. But she brings an intensity uh, with her um, with it as, a, as an actress uh, intellect. And then also um, physically. And we see that in her role as um, Black Widow in the MCU right. so I, I just my hand my hat is off to that to that actress that she she really blow, blows you away and so her character going again back into Jojo Rabbit her character is hiding uh, Elsa yep. who is a Jewish girl uh, I, I guess she's about I don't know 16-ish 15-ish maybe yeah because she's movie. older she's that, supposed than to that be. picture that, and she was 14 in the picture so Right. There's some co- not continuity errors. I'm sorry. That's the wrong word. There's some questions is what I'm looking for. There's some questions in in what age she is, how much she's telling the truth um, about certain subjects as she's telling these to Jojo. Right. But uh, she's uh, Thomas and Mackenzie is the actress who plays her. And I think she I, I personally never seen her before in anything. Same. Same. Um, and. She she does such a great job. It's another really strong female role in this film. It really is. It, uh, and I love how she kind of, you know, she she sees herself kind of getting bullied and she stands up for herself. Obviously, she's in dire straits. She, she needs to keep a low profile. But um, she also kind of does it in a playful way where she's, she feeds into these stereotypes of Judaism as it regards the perspective of Nazis. And uh, she just makes she really grows this monstrous portrayal that Nazism would have the next generation believe, and oh, in right. the most hilarious way. And I oh, and the, <laughs> no, and and she, you know, her showing Jojo how he keeps saying, "No, I'm strong. I can kill you," and then she like manhandles him. <laughs> yeah, she shoves him against the wall and steals his knife. No, nothing more. And it's, and then takes his knife, his precious, <laughs> his precious Nazi issued knife that he loves more than anything. And she takes it and says, I'm going to keep this because it's a cool looking knife. Yeah. And, and that he's supposed to keep on him no matter what. He's always supposed to have that on him. Like right. that's part of his uniform. You, you're not supposed to lose that. So as the movie goes, and like you said, she's telling all these kind of tales to him because Jojo wants to write a book on Nazi or on uh, Jewish girls or Jewish people. Right. I'm sorry. He wants to write a book on Jewish people and <laughs> he wants it to be correct. And so that the Nazis can use it or Hitler can use it or whatever. So he starts writing all these things. And it, if you're keeping along with the book and you're watching the stuff that's going on in the book, it starts becoming more childish. Right. You who uh, is the name of this book. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just really fun to see that kind of progress as she's telling all these stories. But then she starts kind of getting real with him as they start having this friendship. And this is where uh, Jojo starts 
realizing that there's more to this than he knows, that maybe he shouldn't just follow blindly. Like maybe Jewish people aren't these monsters that Hitler has made them out to be. Right. And, um, you know, the, the, the thing that we finally realize is that Jojo has fallen in love with Elsa. And, and that's beautiful. It's beautiful. Right. So that's another reason why he becomes a sympathizer. And, you know, you even hear um, Yorkie, uh, his friend, say, you know, we fought them. We went to battle with them. But, you know, they didn't seem that much different from us and not scary at all. Uh, I don't really think that they're monsters, basically. And um, that's kind of where Jojo was getting to, where he's falling in love with this person because, well, he's kind of protecting her because protecting her... Uh, means protecting his mother, which unfortunately doesn't work out. So, and that's another nice thing. Like when you see the scenes between the mom, uh, between Rosie and Elsa, and they're talking about how her her daughter died and now she can protect Elsa just like she would have protected her daughter. Of course, she does tell her if, if it ever comes down to Jojo or you, it's always going to be Jojo. Right. Um, but... The, the scenes between the two of them are just these beautiful scenes. And, of course, Rosie doesn't know the whole time that Jojo knows that Elsa's in the wall and that they're having these exchanges as it goes. And, and Elsa, <laughs> the whole time is, it, Elsa the whole time has been giving um, has been giving Jojo these talks about how she has a, a fiancé waiting for her. Mm-hmm. And so Jojo tries to, like, coax her out of the wall by reading these letters that are supposedly from her fiance. Yeah. It's just really cute things because they start going from like, you should come out, you should go home. I'm going to break up with you to, I love you. Please keep going. You're going to make it through this. Like these really, you know, you can tell that he's starting to feel something. Yeah. They came a long um, way from that exchange at the dinner table where he's, um, you know, he knows about Elsa and the wall. And he, she's like, oh, you know, I'm kind of, fan, uh, you know, I'm full. You know, I think I'm not going to eat all my food. And he's like, well, let me finish that for you. And uh, right, he's trying to <laughs> starve out he's the trying to go, Yeah, <laughs> trying to start off. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> oh, man. But they've come a and long then, way from that to I love you. And that the scene, uh, and this is the scene to me that's, there are two, three very important scenes in the movie. And this is one of those scenes I absolutely loved is, uh, where they were cooking lunch or dinner or something, and then the five or four or five uh, Jewish um, men come, or not Jewish men, the I'm Nazi sorry, Gestapo. Na- Nazi Gestapo, thank you. The Nazi Gestapo come to the door, and it's the brilliant Stephen Merchant yes. playing the leader of them. <laughs> Stephen Merchant is just so funny in this, uh, and he's so tall, taller than everybody in the whole freaking film. I didn't realize how tall uh, he was. Right, he towers over everybody, but you know he comes and he's like, "Heil Hitler!" <laughs> and they just <laughs> and they're just hiling everybody. Like everyone's like, "Heil Hitler!" "Heil Hitler!" You know the whole time. And of course, that's the joke throughout the whole movie, especially like Hitler telling Jojo to heil him yes. and and do it better, do it better. But uh, <laughs> Stephen Stephen Merchant comes in and just again kills it. All these actors are killing it. Comes in and, and is looking for. Uh, the Jewish girl. They're obviously on to Rosie. Right. And and it's just so scary because that's when Jojo also realizes this isn't a game anymore. Um, right. He, he doesn't Elsa want Elsa to, to die. This is too close 
for Elsa. This is too close for my mother. It's too close for me. Right. So then they they go um, they go upstairs and they find Elsa. But Elsa pretends to be the dead sister. And, yes. Uh, no one knows that the sister died. It's not like a, a thing they talk about to anybody. It's just that they, she, he has a sister. And so no one knew he had a sister. Right. So they come up and they're like, oh, you have a sister? I didn't know that. How come you didn't tell me, Jojo? And Sam Rockwell, Captain K, shows up and he asks to see her papers. And she gives the sister's paper and he says, what's, what's the birthday? And she gives the birthday and he goes, all right, checks out. Yep. Gives her back the papers and leaves. And they all leave and everything's good and they, they hile each other. Yeah. And, you know, she's like, I got it wrong. Like, I got the birthday wrong. Right. And that's how you and figure out like, Sam Rockwell Captain, is helping you. Oh, my gosh. Such a – just that whole interaction is tense. Yes. It's like, oh, it's, oh, it's intense. And then I think, you know, it gets a little funny again. Kid walks out. He's dancing around because he realizes he's in love with Elsa. And then looks across and boom, there's his mom hanging from uh, the the gallows in the middle of the town square. And they don't even tell him. You know, that's the craziest part to me. Right. No one comes to him and says, Jojo, we've, we've killed your mom. Right. It's just he goes to the center and... You see her shoes because they've been showing you her shoes the whole film for some reason. And you realize right there it's because they want you to realize that's her hanging from the gallows. Right. And, you know, um, it really drives home the earlier scene where they show a random uh, Jew sympathizer that had been executed by hanging. And, um, you know, uh, Jojo asks his mother, what did she do? To which she replies, what she could. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh man, and you know, you know, that's exactly what he's thinking about. Not like the the exact depiction from that death was used to, you know, that's exactly how his mother went down. So it's I don't know, right. it really hits home. I was just like, oh, right in the feels when I when I saw that. Oh, just it hurt. It hurt. Um, she. That that's the scene I feel like that really brings this movie. Where if you're thinking of it being a comedy, it stops right yeah. there. Uh, it's, hard stop. It's, it's it's a hard stop, and it it hits you really hard. And just the war starts, mm-hmm. and everything's going on, and he sees kids are being recruited. Like literally, Rebel Wilson's Fraulein Rom is taping grenades to the back of kids pulling the pins and telling them to run at the Jewish people. <laughs> yep. Or at, not even Jews, I'm sorry. At the Americans and the Russians. Yes. She's just telling them to run in there and and your mind is blown because as funny as that kind of is, like to think that that would never happen, it probably happened. Right. Uh, and so they're fighting this war. You see Yorkie going in there with, uh, with a, a gun. He's got a, a grenade launcher at one point that he accidentally shoots off into a building. You know, these, these just little funny scenes that happen in between, but like it hits you. And, and of course, this is supposed to be the last part of the war. Uh, we find out that Hitler uh, killed himself. And so when Hitler comes back as an imaginary friend, he's got the bullet in the side of his head yeah. uh, talking. And, and 
and if we haven't mentioned this before, Taiga playing Hitler, Taiga Watiti playing Hitler is so funny. Yeah. He plays it so well and he plays it so comedic until Hitler actually shoots himself. And then he's this evil man. Yeah. And it just, he's like, you will hire me. You will love me. Like he is just really, really intense. The war ends, right? Right. And the mother dies. He gets, the mother's dead and he gets taken into one of the places where they're keeping all of the Nazis. I think that is because really, he was wearing, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. He was wearing what? Oh, he's wearing the 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 hit one of the Nazi jackets. Remember that Rebel gave him a Nazi jacket. Oh, right. The Fraulein Rom, and he gets taken into the the Nazi camp or the yeah the camp I guess the places they're keeping them uh, for transport. Mm-hmm. And he finds Captain K. He finds Sam Rockwell. And he, this is my other favorite part of the movie. Finds Sam Rockwell and he and he tells him, hey, you know what happened? What happened? Do we lose? You know all this blah blah blah, and. Captain K is just like, you need to get out of here. And the kid's like, no, I want to be with you. And he's like, I'm really sorry about your mom. I'm really sorry about all of this. And he goes, he starts, he takes the jacket off of Jojo, spits on him, and basically is like, you dirty Jew, get away from you, dirty Jew, I'm going to kill you. You know, yelling at yeah. Jojo like he's a Jewish person. And the the he's screaming, no, no, no. Uh, and the Americans pull him out and throw him out of the the camp area and you just hear the gunshot <laughs> i broke right that broke me oh i just bawled i bawled like a baby next to my wife watching this comedy or a movie that i thought was a comedy dramedy and it broke me that scene sorry oh no i know i'm just like that's exactly right you know you just you watch that scene and once again hard stop you know you've built a an attachment and you're thinking ah this is all light and then something detrimental happens and it just completely changes the scope of things and i think that really brings up the the mentality that like kind of a real world thing is that some things some laws some procedures you know, people ignore them or maybe they incorporate them and, but, you know, take advantage of them as, as it regards their upbringing, you know. But then uh, you realize, boom, something affects you and or your kills your mother, you know, or something like that in this case. And all of a sudden Hitler's evil. Right. And he and that whole scene taking place in the house, he goes back to the house. He's really sad already. And Hitler's like, no, you need to believe in me. And he you know, basically says F you Hitler. Yes. And kicks him out the window, (laughs) goes upstairs, talks to Elsa and Elsa's like, what happened? And Jojo, of course, he's a 10 year old boy. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want her to leave. And so he tells her that the Nazis won. Right. And, (laughs) but then he realizes, I love it. He realizes that he's doing something bad and, and, uh, basically says, oh, I have a plan to get us out. And he, he walks her out the door and she realizes that America won and that she's free. And she slaps him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then David Bowie's Heroes starts playing and she starts dancing and he starts dancing and you remember back to what is she going to do when she's free? She's going to dance. That's right. 
It's a beautiful scene, and it's uh, he, they're playing heroes. David Bowie sang it in German, as well as the beginning of the movie when the Beatles were playing. Uh, I believe it was "I Want to Hold Your Hand" mm-hmm. in right. German as well. Yeah, and uh, it, it was funny because I was like, "Oh, I wonder who covered these." And then I, I saw the credits roll, and at the end of the credits, it said David Bowie singing in German, the Beatles singing in German. <laughs> uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, but. I guess like we've talked about all of the the things that make the movie the movie and yeah I think as as much as you can hear us talk about this back and forth I think we talk about it in such a loving manner uh it's a it's a beautiful film that I 100% wish everyone to see definitely um yeah we kind of laid it all out there already and I just have to say that I really enjoyed this movie. And again, definitely recommend go watch this movie. It, it, it'll really be worth it. And on top of that, you'll feel like you got a good laugh. And then you also uh, have the credibility of like, you know, watching uh, some drama as well. So uh, well, maybe, just a maybe you'll get a good film. cry out of it. Exactly. <laughs> definitely. You will definitely be getting, you know, real connections to these characters. Um, I think that just makes it even obviously makes it way more enjoyable and you'll definitely I'm gonna get say that here. this is the first movie of our four films right the four films we reviewed this is the first one I'm gonna say it's it's a don't miss don't let this one slip away uh, and not ever see it yeah definitely so here's the segment where we talk about birthdays it's the one talked most about because we talk the most so we're gonna try to bring this a little shorter than last time Right, Mark? That's right. We're going to go real fast this time. We're going to give you a good birthday section. <laughs> so May 17th, we have Bill Paxton. May he rest in peace. We love Bill Paxton. Absolutely. We actually went went through his list, and it was really hard to pin down our favorite Bill Paxton movies. Uh, but starting from pretty early on, Mark and I both absolutely love Weird Science. Yes. So he was the older brother, Chet, and that was really fun of a role if you go back and watch that and just see how much fun he actually had in that. Definitely. And then also him coming up in Aliens and uh, Terminator and Twister. And, and Twister and Titanic and just the, the list goes on. He directed Frailty, proving that he was also a good director. And then towards the end of his life. Oh, no. I also am going to mention Club Dread because he's really funny as Coconut Pete. <laughs> yeah, very hilarious. Uh, and, and then, um, did we say Predator 2 also? I believe you said Predator 2. Okay. And we also have him as uh, John Garrett in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He played in the, the second half of the first season. He was the bad guy. Oh, my word. I totally forgot about that. Yes, you're right. He, yeah, I believe he died. Uh, he was in a heart surgery and didn't make it out. Yeah, that's sad. But I hope he's looking down and, and seeing that people really did love his films. Right, right, definitely. Next up, we have Bob Saget, uh, obviously a giant uh, from my from our childhoods, uh, from Full House, and went on to show us a cornucopia of ways that he is not that character that he played on screen. Right, but he also before he showed us that he was the dirtiest man in the world, <laughs> he did bring us the world's uh, no, no, America's funniest home videos. America, America. This is you. <laughs> so, Bob Saget, America's dad, right? Yes. That's right. <laughs> uh, 
Moving on to a music icon, we have Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails. Yes, awesome music. Still jamming, jamming to it today. Just released two more albums while this quarantine was happening. Yeah. He's done a plethora of soundtracks that are fantastic. Awesome, man. Mm-hmm. May 19th, we have Tina Fey, popular for uh, 30 Rock and her roles or her role on SNL, where she played multiple characters. Yes, uh, amazing her, comedian. Oh, so funny. Her Sarah Palin is hysterical. <laughs> yeah. I, I do love me some Tina Fey. Next up, we have Peter Mayhew, who uh, played Chewbacca. Yes. Oh, man. And this one uh, definitely... Um... It was a little painful to sting because uh, we got to meet him in person and he was just the sweetest guy and just he, he, gigantic. Oh, very tall man, very tall feature, big features, a lot of uh, a lot of of medical history there. He is not yeah. he's not one to shy away from telling you his whole life story, his hatred and love for George Lucas. I mean, we probably, we didn't, I don't think we bought anything from him. I don't think we got an autograph or a, or a picture. We just went up to say hi to him. Yeah. And he just wanted to talk to us. And I think for a good 15, 20 minutes, he just sat there and talked to us. Just a right. very, very nice old man. Uh, he is definitely missed. Definitely. May 20th, my birthday. Denny, yeah. the big D. My birthday. Birthday time. I was in things such as... Uh, Pop culture elevator. <laughs> and he's not died yet. <laughs> not yet, and hopefully not for many, 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 many years. Uh, next up, Timothy Oliphant was born uh, also on May 20th, and that's pretty cool to share a birthday with that man. Yeah. Timothy Oliphant is freaking awesome. Santa Clarita Diet, he played one of the main characters. Yeah, that uh, has he's, been a great show. He he played in one of my favorite shows, Justified. Fantastic. He was in Deadwood. Scream Two. Scream Two. The Girl Next Door. The list again goes on. Rockstar. Perfect Getaway. Yeah. Rockstar. Yeah. He just was in a lot of movies, and he's always really good. And I he's a villain in like... Live Free or Die Hard. He actually did play a, a right. good villain. That's right. That was really yeah. cool. And Hitman. That's right, he wasn't Hitman. That movie did not do very well, but... Yeah, but we love him for it. Yeah. Okay. May 21st. The lovely Feruja Bach. Feruja Bach. It loved The Craft. That's where we first started... Where I first started watching you. And, um, man, great, great depiction of witches if they were teenagers and in this day and age. Oh, she's she's fantastic. Uh Going back to her early years when she did Return to Oz. Return to Oz is Dorothy. Guys, it's on Disney Plus. Go watch Return to Oz. It will freak you out, but yes. it is so fun. It is so fun, and it's just I I love I miss all those old movies where costumes and everything still had to be made. And if you still have a love for that or an aching for that, go watch this movie. She was also in The Water Boy. She was Vicky, the girlfriend, mm-hmm. and. As well as uh, Sapphire, one of the Band-Aids in Almost Famous. <laughs> yeah, I love how they changed the name to Band-Aids instead of Groupies. Yeah, that, <laughs> the, Almost Famous is just a, a whole other movie that's fantastic that you could talk about. Yes, absolutely. So, we do love Feruja Bak. I guess we probably both had a crush on her at one point or the other. Absolutely, absolutely. We both love 
emo punk slash goth girls back in the day, and uh, she was pretty much the epitome of that. Sure, and then there's uh, next birthday is Judge Reinhold. Yes, from Days and, excuse me, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, of course, and uh, he was also in Gremlins, and he was also uh, the sidekick in Beverly Hills Cop. He was Detective Billy Rosewood. That's right. Awesome movies I remember watching over and over again. Oh, yeah. I hope he does come back for the uh, sequel. That would be awesome. Or threequel, or is it a threequel? Is it yeah. a fourquel? Threequel, I, I, yeah. Cause they I only made, know of two, yeah. Yeah, they only made two of them. And then he was, of course, he was the goofy dad, uh, stepdad in the Santa <laughs> Claus and the Santa Claus 2. Yes, with Tim Allen, awesome movies from our childhood. I could Fun. watch that today. It's hilarious. Fun movies. And then the last birthday we have is on May 23rd, and it is uh, the always fun to watch Drew Carey. Yes, uh, the successor uh, to one of my, uh, for a host on one of my favorite shows, Whose Line Is It Anyways? Love that show. Uh, from the British version onto the new version, which he hosts. Love that show. And and it's funny because he, he seems to like being a host because, of course, he's now ho- uh, hosting The Price is Right. Exactly. Taking over from, from the awesome Bob Barker. Yes. Rest in peace. So, and then we can also have to say that Drew Carey also had his own show the Drew Carey show that ran for multiple seasons. And that was actually pretty funny as well. Yeah, definitely. that'll do it. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Coming in hot with some Hollywood news, somber kind of news. We've had another somber hit, uh, uh last week and this week we've, we see that the great Jerry Stiller, uh, died on the 10th yes. of this month. Very unfortunate. And our uh, thoughts and prayers and positive vibes, uh, whichever you believe in, um, Definitely go out to your family, Ben Stiller, and and the rest of your family in this uh, terrible time. Terrible. It's it's awful news. Uh, Jerry Stiller was it, he's lived for a very long time and was ninety two years old when he died, and he was started out in comedies and commercials, mm-hmm. and just of course everyone probably our age, maybe a little older, remember Jerry Stiller as uh, Jerry Seinfeld's father in Seinfeld. Yeah. Very funny man. Uh, rest in peace, Jerry Stiller. Right, and he was in the original Hairspray. Um, I, I mean, he was in. Obviously, we. I guess we could mention that he was in Zoolander. Something sure. that we would most likely <laughs> definitely would be watching. Um, yeah, just a great actor, and it's just so sad to see a great actor like that pass. So in a better news, Keanu Reeves is supposedly in talks to reprise his role as John Constantine in Justice League Dark, questioning whether or not it's the Justice League Dark TV show we just recently heard of, or if they're planning to bring the movie back. At one point, Guillermo del Toro was uh, set to direct for a few years until he just realized it wasn't going to happen. Of course, DC has been going through all of their, their crud releasing movies that aren't doing as well as they want them to do. And this was all set during the time when Batman v Superman and uh, the Justice League movie came out. They were they were saying, oh, we're going to do Justice League Dark as well, and it's going to be awesome. And then uh, they switched gears after Wonder Woman did so well and Aquaman did so well. They were like, let's keep them their own films, and then maybe later we'll do team-ups. So right. whether, whether or not Justice League Dark is the TV series or the movie, I would love to see Keanu Reeves reprise the role of John Constantine. Mm-hmm. Right, so he was in um, the movie, right, with uh, Shia LaBeouf. And Rachel Wise. 
Yeah, and, and uh, you know, a ton of others. Uh, of course, you can't mention that movie without mentioning Tilda, Tilda Swinton, who played Gabriel. Exactly. Awesome role. Tilda Swin- Swinton is uh, somebody who kind of snuck up on me as an amazing actress that, uh, you know, I, I, I hadn't seen a lot of her work. And then after Constantine, I really started to pay attention every time I saw her because she, again, just a heavy hitting actress. Right, that's like one of those things where you've never seen uh, a VW Beetle on the road, and then you buy a VW Beetle, and all of a sudden they're everywhere. <laughs> and I, I don't, I don't say you know it's not just VW Beetles, everything. You know, I'd never seen a Prius before, and then when I started driving a Prius, I saw them everywhere on the road. So it's like that. I, I'd never really seen Tilda Swinton, and then I watched that movie, and also having you know. The internet wasn't huge then, you know, still it was around and we used it, but it, IMDb wasn't really a thing that we were using all the time. Right. So when you see Tilda Swinton, I was like, is that a female or a male? Yeah, very andro- like she, androgynous. Yes, very much. And then I'm also going to bring this up because I love this guy, Gavin Rosdale playing Balthazar. Yes, an awesome, awesome, just maniacal um, henchman of the devil. Very awesome. Yeah, just a fun movie. I love that movie. It may not have been exactly what fans of John Constantine were looking for, but I feel like it worked, and I feel like they did uh, justice for it. I wish they kind of would have dyed Keanu Reeves' hair blonde because that's John Constantine to me is blonde with a cigarette in his mouth. Hmm. But uh, and I think Matt Ryan, who plays him now in um, well in the show Constantine that he was on, and then in uh, Legends of Tomorrow. I think Constantine is, is a fun role and, and Matt does very well in it, but I'm, I'm excited to see Keanu Reeves reprise that role if he does take it. Right. And coming off that, I'm going to keep going off that one. John Constantine was a character that was brought up in the comic book, The Sandman. And The Sandman, the rights for the movie, the TV show, whatever, have been bouncing off. This is something that Neil Gaiman wrote back in the day. Uh, and the rights for it have been bouncing everywhere and it starts up and it goes down. Well, finally, someone's done something with it and they're doing a rate, uh, a audio drama of the Sandman comic books with uh, just a stellar cast. They got uh, Riz Ahmed in there. Uh, I believe Riz Ahmed recently played the bad guy in, in your one of your favorites, Venom. Yes. He was the bad guy in that. They got Kat Dennings. Uh, they got Taron Egerton, who's playing John Constantine in it. Neil Gaiman's going to be the narrator. James McAvoy is playing uh, Morpheus or Dreams. It, they got Andy Serkis. They got Michael Sheen. It just, the list goes on. They have some amazing actors playing these characters that are beloved to everyone. I actually just started reading the comic book for the first time, and it is pretty much blowing my mind, but it's really cool. I believe it's in July it's releasing on Audible. So make sure if you guys love Sandman, you should go ahead and pre-order the Sandman Audible audio drama. Bouncing off that, AMC has picked up one of your favorite uh, movies slash books. Anne Rice's The Vampire Chronicles. Yes. And uh, by movie, he means interview with a vampire. Uh, I believe it to be one of the greatest vampire movies of all time. And it is. It, yeah, I mean, epic. And and right, Anne Rice's uh, Vampire Chronicles are just awesome books. And can't wait to see uh, what happens. I, I kind of wish that maybe Queen of the Damned would get remade. 
I mean, this is this is going to be all of them, man. The first season will be interview. The second season will be, uh, is it is it Lestat? The Vampire uh-huh. Lestat, or I can't, I don't know if it's the Vampire Lestat and then Queen of the Damned, or if it's Queen of the Damned, then Vampire Lestat, but I it's... I think it's the other way around, yeah. It, yeah, I think it is Vampire Lestat, then Queen of the Damned, but if you remember the movie Queen of the Damned, of course, um, re- they did, it was both books in one movie. Uh-huh. They kind of, it went a little too too fast, but oh, what a fantastic soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's saving what a great fantastic right soundtrack. Uh, they also picked up another Anne Rice uh, series called The Lives of the Mayfair Witches. I have not read this one. I know my mom has read tons of Anne Rice, probably read that as well. But it's really cool that Anne Rice got this deal with AMC finally picking something up. And you know when AMC does a TV show, they do it right. I mean, The Walking Dead, at least the first several seasons were amazing. I just think it, it drew on too long. But yep. Yep. Great stuff. Uh... I don't know how you much care about this one, Mark, but for me it was a big thing. Disney has come out and said that canon doesn't matter. It's all fake anyway because people are are they're getting all pissy about Star Wars and how the canon's not going the right way, and they're like, well, it's fake anyway. No, uh, I, I think that canon is, um, for one, to show uh, homage and respect to the original creator. Uh, and on top of that, to the original fans, the people who didn't just tune in 10 minutes ago and are just kind of expecting fantastical things to happen. It's like, no, come on. There was a there was a directionality, a momentum here. And, um, you know, let's try to keep it there, at least tie it right. in. I, and I 100% agree with you on that. It's it's almost like Disney's saying, well, well, and it is. It's Disney's giving a big middle finger to the fans. <laughs> slap in yeah, the face. Yeah, it's a slap in the face. But... But also, Disney was so adamant, so adamant about having a brand new canon. And that's why they released the new books. And that's why they said all of the old books that were part of Lucasfilms, all of those are now legends. And maybe we'll pull from those, but we have a brand new canon and we're going to stick to it. And now they're saying no. And it's just kind of, it's like, did I waste my time trying to keep up? Did I waste, you know, that... It kind of sucks in that Definitely way. Definitely with but... the first episodes one, two, and three. Yeah, you wasted your time, but... <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. There were, there were, there were snippets that I'd love to pull out of there. Clone yeah. Wars, amazing. Rebels, amazing. All stuff that came off of that. But uh, also Darth Maul's fight. Yeah. And uh, although Vader, who played him, the guy who played him wasn't that super great, uh, I still really loved watching him transition into Vader. Christian, Christian uh, Hayden Christensen. Yes. Yes. Eh, it's it's sad that they said that. Hopefully they'll they'll find a way to take it back, or they they won't be idiots. But I doubt it. Disney's money; they're printing money. Yep. Speaking of Disney, on a good thing, and and this is my thing. I chose to put this in here. Disney Plus is going to be streaming the Broadway show Hamilton starting July third. For me, that's very exciting. I had tickets to go see Hamilton in june end of june and it got pushed back all the way to 2022 because of the quarantine and all of that the virus covid19 and it uh, that really sucks for me because i was very very excited so this is a this is a nice little hey we know that you care we're going to put this up on disney plus for all of the fans so that was really nice yes but that'll that'll do it i believe for our news uh today oh and mark Have you ever wanted to own a secret hideaway hole or passageway in your house, but felt your expertise in making that happen were not up to code? 
Who doesn't want a secret passageway or a hideaway in their house? I used to watch that movie Clue all the time, and ever since then, I've always wanted Murphy doors and secret passageways. I mean, ever since Scooby-Doo, I've wanted that as well. It turns out our dreams will come true, and we'll get our very own Murphy doors installed from our sponsors, Peekaboo Passageways. This is a dream come true. I just got to find where I'm going to put this Murphy door. Maybe I could hide my firearms, keep my family safe. Thanks, Peekaboo Passageways. Yay! All right, we're on to the namesake of the show. This is the elevator pitch. You guys by now should know the rules, but if you don't, we're gonna take three random words. I'm gonna throw it out. We're gonna throw it at one of us, which this time it's Mark's turn, and he's gonna make up an elevator pitch for a movie. All right, Mark, time are to you take ready? A ride. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The words are motel, paper bag, rain. Hmm. Motel, paper bag, rain. <coughs> did you use and like a word generator for this? I did. Okay. All right. And starting now. Okay. So it's a children's movie and it's based on a motel made out of a paper bag. A whole bunch of paper bags. And uh, what was the uh, last word? <laughs> Rain. Right. So that was uh, why I came up with this. So the whole thing is, is it's a whole bunch of people trying to run a, from a small town, trying to run a motel. Unfortunately, the, ri- the rain, the rain comes in and creates havoc for all of them. Okay. You know what? That's not a bad pitch for a kid's movie. That's something <laughs> that, uh, that I could actually see working. You're trying to save this town or try to save this motel that's made wise and made out of paper bags. We'd find out a reason for that, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe it's, it's mice. Yeah, maybe it's something like that. Yeah, I like that. That was um, a much better pitch than mine yet, uh, last time. <laughs> <laughs> I, Let's no, just I, say I, like I have it. a talent for BS. No, no it was a good one. It was, <laughs> a, it was a really good one. I like Thanks. that. I think that one could be turned into a movie. If you listeners at home want to be part of our elevator pitch we would love to hear your elevator pitches we would love to be able to put that on so if you would record yourself doing an elevator pitch for the words motel paper bag and rain that's awesome or if you want to pick three random words and try to do it right off the bat while being recorded we would love to hear that as well something that we can put up on our elevator pitch segment you can email it to popcultureelevator at gmail.com you can send it on Twitter to PCE Podcast or Instagram at Pop Culture Elevator. Or if you're listening on Anchor or if you just go to anchor.fm and you look up Pop Culture Elevator, you can find us there and send a message through there and then we can put you on that way. And feel free if you want to help us to avoid using a word generator and you know what we're going uh, to talk about that next week, send us ideas for what you think the three words should be. We'd love to hear from you. Oh, that's a perfect idea. Thank you. That would be awesome if you sent in the words as well. And if you like what you heard today, please look us up at Pop Culture Elevator. Check out the Anchor app or anchor.fm to participate in listener support. We would really appreciate that. That would help us out a lot. Um, And if you don't and you just want to continue listening to us, that helps out too, and we love it. We look forward to hearing from you and seeing you next week. And in case we don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.